All right, then. Welcome back to Boom Talk Studios. Fox trying to get a foxhole. Season 3. Episode 31. The penultimate episode of Season 3. Uh, overcast day in Eugene with your faithful host here, Ken Harlan. I'd like to thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com, the folks at Mixture as well for providing the music that we use in these podcasts. Also, a shout out to the folks at Road and Zoom for providing wonderful content tools or tools for content creation, better stated. As always, if you want to come on the podcast, ftinfx at gmail.com. Love to have you on this one or the scene. You know how all these things work. Sponsors, if you want to sponsor us, hook us up, contact me or the platform anchor that I'm on and work something out. All right, folks, it's time to lock rocket as always. The COVID Chronicles. Well, 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 what can we tell you about COVID land? I really had to work hard this week to put together an outline. In fact, there hadn't been a couple of things that had dropped this morning. This segment would be way shorter than usual. And that just kind of goes to show you the sense of normalcy. Now, does that mean that we're out of this? No, I still think it's a 23 or 24, but we'll see how things are going. You know, there are some significant developments which, makes, which would make us think that we have reached a point as far as dealing with COVID. I mean, you know, maybe CV-19 exhausted all the supplies of the cream and clear and the HGH. And now, you know, it's randomly just hit, hitting certain pockets. But as this report will tell you what we do have, it's still a major, how shall I say, factor, I guess, for a lack of, of, of quicker thinking right now in the sports world. Case in point, Devin Booker. Yes, the phenomenal Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns and partner of Miss, uh, was it, Kendall? <laughs> Kendall Jenner. Anyway, he has entered the league's quarantine health safety protocol for the second time. Now, that does not necessarily mean that he's infected or not vaxxed or probably around. Hey, he dates he, he a Kardashian, so anything's possible in terms of the circle of people he might be around. But yes, he is going to be out, and that's with Chris Paul and him now out of the lineup. The Suns have been struggling a bit. We'll talk about that, obviously, when we get to the NBA beat. Uh, yesterday, a major thing to that was announced in terms of us truly turning the corner or at least having the confidence that we've turned the corner the nflpa the nfl and the nflpa i should say have agreed to suspend all COVID 19 protocols you know there was a big hubbaloo about the combine and all that good stuff and i think with the off-season activities and just a lot of the a lot of hassles they want to avoid, and so they're pretty much basically saying, "Yeah, <laughs> regardless of your status, card or not, we're we're through with this. We're just gonna deal with it on an individual case, apparently." So, okay, 
that seems to, you know, the NFL seems to be done with it. We'll see how we are when we get to uh, OTAs and all that other good stuff, you know, the rookies report and sort of things. Um, so as the vaccine and mass mandates continue to be lifted, the whole situation with Kyrie is still up in the air as he is playing in road games, but he's unable to play in home games. And while last week, as I was telling you, the mayor of New York you know, really would like to see Kyrie play and that the whole law as it is, given where we are, doesn't make sense. Problem is, he, he, he doesn't, he's not in the position he feels to fast track lifting it. And what he basically came out this week and said is that it probably wouldn't be fair to have an exemption just for Kyrie. I don't know what the hell that even means, but basically, long and short of it, Kyrie will not be getting any preferential treatment in terms of being able to play at the Barclays Center for all folks who are in New York who are not vaccinated will be able to go back to work. So I guess that's what they're really trying to say. Um, so that's it. Okay. As far as I told you about Devin Booker, there's pockets, right? One of these things uh, will be affected, which is a pretty big deal as we have a big UFC, uh, date tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Masvidal is going to be getting on after signing that big deal. Anyhow, right. Rafael Fusev tested positive for COVID-19. And so he was going to be in the co-main event. Um, for this big UFC, uh, UFC event tomorrow night, that's off. So once again, even though it appears that we have turned the corner, there are events still being impacted. And teams, for example, the Los Angeles Kings. Now, I haven't talked about them too much this year, but yeah, they're having a great season, I think, as far as how they've stunk it up in recent years. Their coach, Todd McKellen, he entered the NHL's quarantine health and safety protocol this week. Once again, nobody's disclosing whether or not he actually has it or has been around somebody, but we'll assume that he probably did pick up COVID-19 and is probably resting and recuperating and the way things are going, maybe he'll, hopefully he'll be back with the team sooner than later. We had a cancellation across the pond over in the Bundesliga. Lines 05 and Borussia Dortmund, scheduled for Sunday, is now off after several players from Mines 05 tested positive for COVID-19. I think it was like four or five guys. So they're going to try to move that back a couple of days and so these guys can come back during the week, perhaps, after you know, they have cleared all the protocols that the Bundesliga have. But once again, matches being postponed. It kind of shows you we're not really, I mean, I think we're doing well here, but there's still pockets where it's a major concern and disruptions are happening, like Australia, for example. They're having a major outbreak right now that's basically hitting soccer, Australian rules, and the cricket squads. Numerous people out of the lineups in various states of being infected with this stuff. On the flip side of it here is, you know, I told you about the big deal with MLS opening up this past weekend and another big weekend coming up. We'll talk some more about that in the beautiful game live. LAFC announced today that it's dropping its vaccine and mask requirements for folks attending matches at Bank of California Stadium. Why is this interesting? Well, one, you know, a stadium 
of that size, it's only 22, 23,000, but basically coming out and after being one of the more stringent ones, sort of dropping everything. But here's the thing. I believe this counters what LA County's current requirements are. So I'm gonna be really curious to see how that jives or it has LAFC jumped the gun ahead of the county. Because right now, from what I understand, what LAFC is saying for this matchup this weekend, which will be Sunday with the Timbers, that, yeah, all you know, show up, don't worry about it. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, people that I know, because I'm an LAFC fan, as I've heard me talk about millions of times, but I know a lot of folks have already said when they're in the bathrooms or on the concourse, they will still remain masked up just because it's better to stay safe than, you know, trust everybody that you see. Okay, folks, got I was got through the normal length of time. Really surprised about that, given you know how it's harder and harder to find bullet points. Okay, we'll be back with a forty-three K view on the other side. Fox running in a foxhole, season three, episode 31, number 95 overall. Who are we giving some love to? Of course, that badass from the 85 Bears, Richard Dent. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to rolling like that guy, I'll probably try to go some other 95s if I can along the way. But, you know, when it, like, like last week, Charles Haley, you know, right? The ringmaster. Anyways, time for our weekly trip where we, you know, get our cool sunglasses, even though it is overcast. And it's kind of late enough in the afternoon where we can have, we can enjoy an adult beverage, um, put on our hipster clothes, get on our hipster tunes, get through TSA, and board our Gulfstream 550 so we can take a high view above the campuses of America. So what is going on high above campus this week? Well, I was really critical last week of Coach K and the whole thing with Tommy Amaker. Now I wonder if this week are we heading in a similar direction as Jim Beheim, yes, that Jim that Jim Beheim of the Qs, yes, the Orange, formerly the Orangeman. You know, Dwayne Pearl Washington, Ronnie Cycli, all the way through Mellow. <laughs> he is going to step away from the game here at some point in the near future. And he says he already has a successor in place when he decides to leave. Now, that's all part of Danny as we've saw with Coach K. But if it's one of his hand-picked guys as opposed to Qualified people who have connections to the program, and you know some of the names I just dropped there. That in Bayheim's long illustrious tenure, tenure, I'm sure there are people out there with coaching pedigrees. So I'm not gonna ding you yet, Jim, but I really am gonna be curious to see where the outrage is. Because I mean, I think Coach K is getting such a pass, and I know him being sick, and now his uh, you know farewell game, which I I heard that. 
tickets are going for higher prices than most of the Super Bowls since 2010. And uh, yeah, anyways, I'm not even, I don't even know where to begin with that one. But nonetheless, we're wondering what kind of situation is going to happen when Beheim picks a successor. We'll be here, we'll have some commentary. As far as the hardwood goes, what an extraordinary thing happened over the weekend, don't you think? I mean, have you ever seen the top six all lose, which happened on Saturday evening, which prompted many people to say, let the madness begin. Yeah? Um, let's see here. What else is going on? Well, I think we can talk locally here. As, we've, as we all know, what Dana Altman and his Oregon Ducks can do come tournament time. But there are some serious questions whether or not they are going to get to the tournament. After beating UCLA, everybody said, yeah, okay, that should be enough. But now, after losing to USC and Washington, respectively, and getting their butts kicked really last night by Washington, I'm not sure if the Ducks are going to get in, if they are NIT bound. They may have to actually go on and win the Pac-12 tournament if they want to go dancing. But the one thing we know with Data, he's got some he's got some clout built up, and if, it, if that's not enough, I'm sure his ducks will find a way to scrape themselves, scrape their way to the, the conference tournament. I just can't see them not being in the tournament, as far as right the NCAA is concerned. Um, but let's see what else do we got. Speaking of Southern Cal, and of course they can't capitalize on the momentum of beating Oregon. They go to Arizona. Well, no, Arizona goes to the Galen Center, actually. And this is kind of a statement moment. You know, obviously they have UCLA's number, so beating UCLA twice, I don't know what the hell that says, but beating Arizona even at, even at home would have said something. Now, it was like 20 points. So, my opinion, not ready for prime time yet. Well, see, we have TCU helping its tournament resume. They're like 19 and 9, I believe. They knocked off number six, Kansas. That's pretty huge. And a battle of top tens. Number 10, Wisconsin, knocks off number eight, Purdue. Number 23, Ohio State's resume takes a hit by losing at home to a Nebraska team that's 3 and 16 in the Big Ten. When we say that's a big ouchie wouchie. Speaking of ouchie wouchies, what do you all think about the situation in the nation's capital with Georgetown legend Patrick Ewing? He has a vote of confidence this week from the brass at the university, and this is despite losing 18 games in a row. Now, check out these numbers. This season, Georgetown is currently 6-22 with a 0-17 record in the Big East. My, my, oh, my. And I saw something to the, to the effect of people claiming that Georgetown just does not want to admit they made a mistake by, reach, by bringing the ledge back to coach this program. I mean, with those kind of numbers, I don't know how. <laughs> right, I mean, I, I, you know, I, without sounding like a blubbering idiot here, I don't know how you justify keeping somebody around. And I know that, what do you mean to that program? You know, I mean, I, outside of John Thompson, 
right? He'd probably be right next to them in terms of, you know, the pillars or the Mount Rushmore of, of you know, the Hoyas. But, man, 18 games in a row, 6-22, 0-17, that's one stinky diaper, uh, straight up. Uh, speaking of another Big East ledge, Rick Pitino says he's staying at Iona. He won't be taking his impressive resume to College Park to take the reins over at Maryland. There was a lot of rumors this week that it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that that Pertino was going to sign a deal to go to Maryland. Well, that's not off. He wants to, he's enjoying being at Iona without having the bright lights, especially, you know, some of the hiccups that have been encountered before that. I can't blame him. At this point in his life, makes sense. Okay, as far as the polls are concerned... Zags and Sona still one and two. South Carolina on the women's side, you know, they're in the penthouse. Okay, let's see what's going on in the gridiron. Things have kind of quieted down, right? You know, it's before we get to spring ball and all the spring games and that sort of thing. I think the dust is pretty much settled as far as people jumping ship and moving around for now. You know, and we'll get more info on um you know nil stuff as it comes in but it's pretty quiet on that front too so let's see here big story we talked about it last week with mr art bryles well art bryles resigns from grambling before ever holding a practice says he didn't want to be a distraction i suppose i know i can't blame him in that regard i mean you what we talked about what went down at Baylor and the whole thing, you know, with the hypocrisy with some folks who were very critical. But he takes the high road at, at, at this point. Clearly, he's made enough money, and I'm sure at some point there's a gig out there where he can continue to collect a paycheck. It just may not be a profile job, but you know, given time, we're a forgiving society. Just saying, but you know, I'm not surprised. Although the, all the emotional hand wringing from Hugh Jackson, guy's such a charlatan. That's what I've always thought. That okay? How about a blast from the past, shall we? Especially this is a local one. Legarrette Blunt, yes, that Legarrette Blunt. Hey, hillbilly boy, you remember pushing that guy at Boise State longer in Chip Kelly in the in the early days of the Chip Kelly era. Bilotti came down to the sidelines and all that kind of stuff. For those of you here locally who know what I'm talking about. Well, LeGarrette Blunt is calling Chip Kelly out for a lack of support during his time in Oregon. And that got me thinking about that. And, you know, kind of was interesting because John Gazzano, that John Gazzano, he posted an article about this. And seeing some of the... Uh, Comments on social media is basically saying, hey, you punched a guy, you know, right? Of course, you, you're toxic that you weren't going to get the kind of support. And you have to remember that Chip, he was the dude. And all the pieces he brought along, right? You were along the right, you know, he made you. So I thought it's kind of interesting, but I didn't find it really shocking. Right, and that's probably why, you know, Chip is no longer in the NFL, and Chip is barely hanging on by a thread in Westwood. But nonetheless, it made me think about 
Because everybody's trying to say, Guy didn't say anything. I know it was a tough loss for the Ducks, but are you trying to tell me Hillbilly Boy didn't drop the end bomb or something along those lines to have LeGarrette react like that? You'll never convince me, you know, in 10,000 years as far as what triggered him on that fateful night on the Blue Turf in Boise. All right, folks. Well, that was interesting. We got a full segment out of that in a, in a shortened week. So we'll be back with something interesting on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Try to Get a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 31, Number 95 overall. It's time for one of our favorite segments that we like to do every week. Something you should probably know, or things that happen in the sports world that you might care about, or care to hear about, shall we say. Okay, we'll start off with this one. Something that came down today. Supreme Court reinstates the death penalty for the surviving Boston Marathon bomber. Yeah, that that cat. Um, I don't know how to, you know, normally I don't comment on these sort of things, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't think this was kind of deserving. When you look at the suffering that him and his brother left in the wake of, you know, that cowardly attack, you know, on a sporting event. You know, obviously, we always fought, take sporting events as something that's kind of sacred and brings people together in, in times of war and peace and everything in between. And so when people violate that, like these guys did, or the terrorists in the 1972 Olympics, you know, I don't, I mean, me personally, I'm... I don't have a lot of compassion as far as harsh punishments being handed out to these guys. All right, probably ramble on about that more than I thought I would. So obviously, with with Putin being Putin and basically having the world really uh, on edge, as you know, we could be entering a very ugly ugly situation you know when you start talking about people shelling nuclear reactors and things like that i don't know how much exaggeration but the whole thought of that and what that could really mean you know if one of these things has a serious meltdown or two anyway uh the ripple effect that's happening in the sports world is pretty significant first of all f1 terminates its contract for the russian grand prix it may come back if things move over, but right now, that's that race is no longer on the books. You have the shoemaker, Adidas, basically saying they are no longer selling its gear to Russia. Not sure how you're going to keep the black market and other unscrupulous people, but right now, Adidas says no, no more gear going to Russia. So... That's pretty big in terms of 
the ripple effect. And I've already spoken about this year with the Olympics, obviously with the World Cup coming later, and the weaponization politically of, of sports and how that's really going to affect events. It's going to affect the players involved. As I said last week, we're really entering an interesting time as far as sports and geopolitics are concerned. Okay, what else is happening? And as far as we're concerned, um, let's talk about the WNBA. I have not brought up the ladies in a while. Talked to well, I did. Actually, I talked about them last week. What am I talking about? Wow, this is the reason why the bullet points even there. Remember, I told you about uh, Liz, Miss Cambridge, how she was really irritated about the current state of the CBA. Well, I guarantee you, if I could get a comment from Liz today, she would not be happy about WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert saying having chartered flights for teams would put the league's finances in jeopardy. So basically, yeah, y'all, all your flying commercials still because we don't make that kind of money. And that's the point I've been making all along in terms of the WA and the NWL, for that matter, being able to up their profile financially, where it's, you know, I don't think it'll ever be on par with the men, but in terms of creating a more lucrative balance, you know, right? And when you see things like this, you know that there's a lot of work that still has to happen. You know, it's not me sitting here being sexist and just like saying, well, it's women's sports. What do you expect? No, I'm more of a realist in terms of what are you bringing in and how is your fan base growing? And I think as far as the WNBA and the NWSL and obviously the international, I've, I've said from day one, you know, that they have had incredible growth and the thing that's probably held it back more than anything is this pandemic which has affected a lot of things mls all sorts of sports that i thought would have had significant upticks covid slowed these things down okay what else do we have in this segment yeah we're in a different part of the studio so i'm having a moment or two to adjust my eyes and keep my <laughs> and keep near the microphone Oh yeah. Okay. So what do we what else do we have here? Let's talk a little motorsports, shall we? In honor of our man, the corner man, who pointed out to you know he pointed out during our talk about how I don't give motorsports enough love. Well, we can tell you this week, I already told you about the Russian Grand Prix being taken off of the circuit. Let's talk something more positive. How about Max Verstappen signing an extension with Red Bull that will pay him over $53 million this year? Impressed? Hell yeah, we're impressed, especially since this contract runs through 2028. Kyle Larson continues to live up to the corner man's ex expectations by holding off Austin Dillon and Daniel Chavez to win at Fontana, his 11th win on the circuit since the corner man mentioned he was the guy to watch way back on our second conversation in season two. Just saying, folks. In uh, <laughs> IndyCar racing over the weekend, you have Scott McLaughlin holding off Alex Pelou and Will Power to win the Grand Prix at St. Petersburg. So IndyCar circuit off to a booming start. 
Let's flip over to the Nightfall of Diamonds. Not that epic Grateful Dead moment from 1989, but what's going on at MLB? Aside from Derek Jeter deciding to step down as president of the Marlins and walk away from that train wreck. No shock there. So much toxicity there. Not even sure. The whole they tore down the the OB for that ballpark that just that does nothing for anyone. The team really doesn't do anything for do anything for anyone in South Florida. It is just a dumpster fire all around. Junior's probably looking at himself like, "Hey man, I'm a winner. I can't be associated with this brand. I got the jing. I'll try it with somebody else where I know I can be successful." Okay, the big news really is. Are we shocked, as we've been telling you all along, no deal at the deadline. <laughs> you knew this was going to happen. Games are being canceled. People are talking about both sides of their mouths. Or the rules, some of the rules changes. And the, the ongoing, you people have to understand, this isn't a millionaire's billionaire's. Well, what the hell is it then? It surely ain't about the perspective rules changes. Y'all ain't missing paychecks over that shit. I can tell you that. Anyways, we now it's time where we get to figure out who is wearing the big white pants in this equation. Now, my money is still on the owners being able to bully the Players Association to end the terms they want. We still have a deal. Conversations apparently have resumed, but so far, I ain't heard jack. Okay. Let's take a quick look at the roller rink, or I mean the ice rink of life. The power rankings that have been flipping around quite a bit as we get closer to the playoffs. The Avs are still on top. Carolina's at number two. Florida, three. The defending champs who have been wobbling of late, they're at four. And number five, we have our first appearance in a while of Calgary. The Flames sneaking up there. So that's, what's look, that's how the... The top five teams, according to those in the know, are looking as we get closer to the playoffs. Out of curiosity, we we ask, how is it going in Kraken land in year one? Well, folks in Seattle, they're not really, they're, they're toasting, but they're toasting a lot of losses. What can we tell you? At least with the Kraken, they ended a seven-game losing streak last night, so good for them. As far as I told you, there was a big UFC fight tomorrow. A lot going on there. They had fight last week. The main event, Islam. What is that? Maka Havjak stops Bobby Green with a first round TKO. Over on the links. Now, this is the one that kills me as far as talking on this segment. How about Tiger winning the PGA's inaugural PIP award? And this is netting himself an $8 million prize. Like that, like that mofo needs any more loot. And this is basically a, a popularity award based on social media and other popularity indexes that, some, that the PGA has come up with. Anyhow, it, it, Tiger wins it somehow and gets to pocket another 8 mil. I mean, this guy, Danny Warbucks, after even cutting Elon a $160 million check to go away... I'm just like, really? Really, really curious to see him that if, if he can play a major. He keeps talking about both sides of his mouth on that one. I said last week it wasn't happening, but we shall see. 
especially now that we know he's probably feeling a lot better with a, a cool eight mil just for being popular. As far as what went on in the links last week, Sepp Straka becomes the first Austrian to win on the PGA by rallying from five strokes down in the final round to win the Honda Classic at the Bear Trap. And let me tell you, folks, as somebody who's played the Bear Trap many times in the old Tiger Woods games, to like swoop somebody down in the, in, in the last eight or nine holes being down that many strokes, you're on top of it because you can make so many mistakes on that course. All right, folks, we will be back on the other side with some NBA beat. Yeah? Okay, welcome back to Fox Dragon of Foxhole, Season 3, Episode number 31, 95 overall. Paying a little homage to Richard Dent of the Super Bowl Shuffling 85 Bears. All right, time for some NBA beat. What do we have going on as far as our weekly review and distillation of what's happening in the association? Well, Kevin Durant returned last night. Scored 31 points in a loss, which I think that makes him, what, 32, 32, 32, 33, something like that. What does that mean for Brooklyn, especially now that we know that Mr. Harris is out for the rest of the season and the injury? Nets will probably miss his perimeter presence. We talked in the COVID Chronicles, the whole situation with Kyrie and the uncertainty there as New York, is, New York City is still waffling on how people who are unvaccinated can return to the workplace. Well, if Durant can stay healthy, not sure what's gonna happen with Clanking Ben, because Clanking Ben's still not ready to battle. Gee, what a surprise that is. I mean, I guess if they can get to the finish line, sure, you know, you have to you have to think that. They're a scary, they're a scary contender. We know last year he was uh, what centimeters away from hitting that three, which probably would have changed the trajectory. Maybe have gotten them far enough, even though I don't think they would have been able to get past uh, Phoenix. You know, but well, who knows? The thing is, they're a big question mark. The other, yeah, over in Philly, Mister Harden. And Mr. Joel Embiid, those guys are balling, really clicking. You're kind of seeing it as far as some of the early games. The buzz is pretty exciting that those two are clicking. Almost to the point where Harden, not even almost, Harden did come out and express all kinds of love for Philly fans. Say, you know, I mean, it's just that they're the best in the world. Which makes you wonder, as always, when it comes to the city of unbrotherly love, how long do we think this honeymoon is going to last as far as Harden and the Sixers fans? I mean, right now, they look very formidable. But as we've been talking about, the East is um, highly delectable as far as teams that can emerge as the ultimate winner. So, out West, 
Unfortunately, the story always remains the Lakers. And this is becoming a very bad story. As they lost to the Clippers for the fourth time in a row. I mean, what? Ty Lue is 7-0 against the Lakers since taking over. The Lakers were at 27-35. and Russ is bewildered. AD is no closer to getting into the lineup. All kinds of recriminations about the front office. Just a dumpster fire. Um, you know, since I'm a hardcore fan, I'm not going to say rant too, rant too much about it. I mean, other than, the, you know, there has to be some fingers pointed at people who were in discussions and consultation of putting this sorry for sight for so I squad together. And that's LeBron. I'm, I'm looking at you too. Enough of them. What do you think about Rick Barry coming out and calling out NBA officiating and the players who constantly flout the rules? Is he an angry boomer or is he spot on? Well, somebody who had the pleasure of watching the great Rick Barry uh, having grown up in Northern California and needing to watch the Warriors on KTVU Channel 2 way back in the day. <sighs> the fierce competitor that he was, he's spot on. Uh, you know, the, the, the amount of traveling, I mean, these guys just are practically in outer Mongolia by the time the game is over. And everything else as far as um, I don't know. The inc let's just say the inconsistency of the calls, the star treatment, all that nonsense. Just like we always chide the NFL, the NBA needs a couple of slaps in the face as well. That was kind of interesting about, uh, I was watching the John Riggins show. There's a quick left turn here real fast. Yesterday, he was talking about how there should be a combine for NFL officials. I think the same thing with NBA as well, because it's ridiculous. I think really enforcing the rules, as they are in the rule book, would force some of these entitled folks to maybe play the game as intended. Yeah, it, it, it becomes a mockery after a while in terms of what these guys can get away, get away with. So I think you know Rick Barry's not too far off. Um, as far as what's ha happened in the hardwood since we last talked, you know, we always kind of go through some games that were of significance. One would be Kyrie having 38 to push the Nets past the Bucks. Not too many wins for Brooklyn, as I said, you know, like 32 and 33, something like that. Or how about Ja, his 46, powering the Grizz past the Bulls. You know, and yeah, Bulls were really stumbling all of a sudden. Blew a big lead. Blew, and they, well, some of the Warriors actually too that same night. They blew a big lead and they lost at home to Dallas. And you had uh, the Jazz beating the CP3 list Suns, and now they don't have Devin Booker for a minute. You know, speaking of the Clips beating the Lakers for sweeping the series. That there are now three games over 500, and they are very impressive in terms of what they have been able to do without PG-13, Pandemic P, and obviously Mr. Kawhi. Now, Heat continually thriving off the radar, getting big wins. They beat the Bulls on uh, Monday night. Got another big win here. It's slipping my mind. K 
keep an eye on them. I've been saying this all along, just quietly. You know, the Celtics have quietly moved into the pictures we talked about last week. Last night, Mr. Tatum had 21 in the fourth quarter as the Celtics pull off a very impressive win, beating the Grizz, who is everyone's darling, including, you know, Skip Bayless came out earlier this week and was talking so much about, hey, man, this is the team you better be looking for out in the, West, in the Western Conference. There might be some truth to that, but I tell you why. Celtics looked pretty good taking, taking them down last night, especially the way they finished the game. And so Tatum was obviously balling to have 21 in the final frame. What did we got over here? Okay. And then you had last night, obviously, big, what a big game. The Hawks and the suddenly slumping Bulls. Trey Young putting up great numbers and having another wonderful season. Now, I don't necessarily see them in the upper echelon uh, in the Eastern Conference, but I wouldn't want to have to play them early on. Hell no. All right. And we'll close this segment out with this one. And this week we have a, a, an anniversary that passed. One of very significant, big significance as far as the association is concerned. And that would be on May, March 2nd, 1962 in Hershey, Pennsylvania, when, when Wilt the Stilt, a.k.a. the Big Dipper, Wilton Chamberlain, went for 100 points, including like 28 and 32 from the line, but she wasn't a great free throw shooter, as everybody talks about. How do we feel about that feat now, 60 years in the rearview mirror? Well, I think it's still pretty amazing. And I still think it's one of the fighting moments of that sport. Yeah, Kobe's 81 was pretty cool, too. Devin Booker going for 70 is not too shabby, either. But, you know, but obviously, there's it's just one of those things, going for the century mark, knowing what an offensive threat he was, obviously, in those, in those two, in, those, in that span from, what, 1960 to 1962, the season's, what, he averaged 51, and he back and averaged 44, so him scoring 100 points wasn't so much of a freak show that they're just feeding him. Oh, he put up some points, and he grabbed a lot of boards. So I think it's really cool that the NBA took a moment to acknowledge that wonderful moment in its history. It's still a, one of the defining moments, I think, in all of sport. Yes, indeed. Too bad there's not really a lot of good footage from that, but still, what an incredible night that was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, 60 years ago. Okay, we'll be back with some beautiful game life on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 31, the penultimate episode of yet another season, getting ready to kick off Season 4 here very soon. Not that there's a big deal in between seasons, but, you know, it's always cool to get past the milestone, almost reaching the century mark for this po this podcast. Obviously, it's got some work to do with the other one, but... Hey, it's still coming. It's still early in 2022, is the way we like to put it. 
Anyways, let's shift our attention to what's going on pitch side. Take a look at our weekly dive into the beautiful game live. Well, you know, going back to the whole situation with Russia and Ukraine, a lot going on as far as events taking place and affecting them. I mean, I think more so in the beautiful game than we were seeing in other sports, although I think this is going to happen. As we did talk about the Russian Grand Prix being re re removed from the schedule. But we'll start with UEFA, uh, UEFA and FIFA suspending all Russian football activities, national and club level, which is a big thing, obviously. No World Cup, no Champions League, no Europa League or Conference League and all the other competitions until this thing is resolved for the foreseeable future. You had a sense that was coming. We also had a sense this was coming with Mr. Rabobovich actually going to sell Chelsea. He does not want to be a distraction. And he says the profits will go to the victims from in this terrible crisis that's happening in Ukraine. Well, a lot to chew on there. I mean, there's a lot of debate. You know, obviously Chelsea, the reigning champions of Europe, you know, obviously one of the top, and obviously the club World Cup champions right now as well, being sold for what, a hundred, you know, and four million back in 2003, and an insane amount for whatever it's gonna go to, and if it's truly going to help the victims of this terrible conflict, what can you say? I know that part of the Dodger brain trust is trying to get in there, trying to be understand Kronky as far as becoming, you know, part of the sports conglomerates, which that's a whole nother can of worms that maybe we'll have to tackle in a closer look on one of these episodes once we get further down the road. But the point being here is that one of the biggest clubs in the world, obviously one of the highly, most highly visible clubs in the world, as being sold as a result of this. I mean, obviously, Abramovich's uh, connections to Putin and other uh, figures as far as the Russian oligarchs are concerned, since he's kind of one as well, not a good look, and it just would have put more scrutiny and focus on the club. I, mean, I can see him walking away because obviously he probably knows more than we do that this isn't going to have a good outcome as far as Russia and its aggression towards Ukraine. So I'm sure, you know, he didn't want to do this, but I don't, you know, I don't see how obviously how knee deep he is as far as Russia's activities are shady and everything else. Yeah. So Obviously, Chelsea's going to have a new boss. This is going to be interesting to see how it plays out in the weeks to come. As far as the rest that's going on with this, you know, that Super League. Yeah, there was conversations about that, and apparently FIFA and UEFA are not happy about ESL organizers as far as the European Super League trying to, you know, having discussions during a global crisis, thinking nobody would be paying attention. You know, it's kind of like a shame on you to sort of get back to your slimy, sh shady dealings when we have, a you know, an epic moment going on. So, anyways, keep an eye on that. But interesting thing with Krasnodar, the Russian club, suspending the contracts of seven foreign players. So, yeah, things are getting deep.
be in sports. <laughs> if you could even find be in sports, took me long enough to find a decent way to watch it. They say that they will not be televising any more of their product, which obviously includes PSG and some of the great Latin American competitions to Russia, which is kind of interesting that the World Cup going to Qatar later in the year and some of the uh, human rights abuses that have been going on there. Yeah, as I've been saying all along, crazy year we're heading into. Okay, we'll move away from that. Rumor mill this week. Well, the I've been telling you about BBB is in Borussia Dortmund's fortunes plummeting. Well, it seems that Mr. Halan is having discussions about making a move to Spain, or at least both parties have turned on the light and and, feel, and feeling out has begun as far as the big move this summer. I'm bobbing the usual stuff. I mean, Leonardo came out and had some interesting words about that. Still, you know, I mean, he's holding his cards close to his heart. No matter what the Spanish press or no matter what PSG tries to tell you, nobody really knows what Mbappe's going to do. That interesting thing that came out of Leonardo's comments, the whole thing with Sergio Ramos kind of admitting, why, hey, it's a mistake, you know, oh, well. You know, we just have to write that off. You know, we thought it was going to work, but obviously it probably won't. And I can't be surprised with... Um, all of the gotta like watching the Lakers with some of these old guys that just don't quite have it anymore, or you know, have a hard time keeping up with some of the brilliant younger competition. So I thought it was also funny before I go before I get away from that that Leo also took a jab at the great Ibra Himovic. I love his comments about it. Just said that he's waiting for the phone call. From from Ibra to thank PSG for all they've done for him, as opposed to what he's done for PSG. Gotta love Leo having a sense of humor. An interesting thing happening: Jesse Marsh, as we told you, formerly of of Red Bull Salzburg, then made 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 the bigger jump to Leipzig. Did not work out. Well, he's getting another opportunity, and this time the Premier League as leads. In its fight for survival to stay in the Premier League, they are going to give Jesse the, the shot. And I think that's really impressive to see an American getting a shot to coach in the prestigious Premier League. You know, definitely re wishing him the best success, and hopefully he can keep them up and have a very fruitful run over there. Always good to see a Yank doing good over across the pond as we've been talking about, you know, this it generation of USA players. Big news also, as far as international soccer is concerned, USA soccer. Yeah, Turner and HBO Max and a few other people have inked the big deal to host that platform in the foreseeable future. Don't know what that means because I'd be happy for me because those are actually streaming platforms that I have access to as opposed to not wanting to shell out for Paramount. But yeah, I think that's good that USA Soccer now has a home and hopefully that they take advantage of, of, of the platform as far as giving the men and women's national teams all the exposure they deserve. I think that's cool. Okay, let's go pitch side. EPL. Let's see here. 
City has a six-point advantage now as we head into this weekend's action. Um, Spurs and City post-wins. United had a draw with bottom-dweller Watford at Old Trafford. I think the cool thing over in England last week, obviously, League Cup, where the Reds outlast Chelsea in an 11-10 penalty kick shootout. 0-0, obviously. But yeah, one of those moments where you really... Appreciate why it's called the beautiful game. Absolute great theater there. Watch it at Wembley with the Reds outlasting Chelsea in the League Cup. Over in the FA Cup, the big thing I thought was Middlesbrough booting the Spurs out of the FA Cup in extra time 1-0. Okay, we go over to Spain. La Liga, Los Blancos, Real Madrid still hold a six-point lead over Sevilla. Real Madrid, Sevilla, Barcelona, Villarreal, and Atletico Madrid all pick up three points over the weekend. Looking good there. Syria, Napoli, and AC Milan are tied at 57 points with Inter only two points behind. Juventus, who's had a stranglehold over the Segudato, seven points off the, point, the pace. As far as what went on on the pitch, you've got Napoli, Juventus, Roma, and Atalanta all securing wins over the weekend. The Milan squads both end up splitting points in their respective matches. And also the San Siro Derby, in the, which pitted the Milan squads against each other, obviously at San Siro Stadium, ends in a 0-0 draw on the first leg of the Bundesliga. Byron's cruising towards yet another title as they lead BVB by eight points. Byron and Leipzig both post wins while Dortmund draws at Osberg. Over our League 1, PSG extends its lead to 15 points now with a big win at home over St. at the end. Monaco drops points while Lyon edges past Lille. Meanwhile, Marseille drew with Troyes. Now we get to the MLS, kicking off its 27th season with some very notable results as we're finally back. No power rankings. Well, they have power rankings, but I'm not going to talk about power rankings until we're about three or four weeks into it. But I will tell you this, LAFC looked very lethal in its 3-0 dispatching of Colorado at Bank of California Stadium. Carlos Vela with a hat trick, definitely sending notice that, yo, man, I'm back. Keep an eye there. Big matchup at the bank this weekend with the, with the Timbers. We'll be, all eyes will be on that. The other L.A. team over there in Carson, they get a big win as they take down the defending champs, New York City Football Club 1-0 as Chicharito hits the back of the net late. Heroics there. Another big result would be Nashville City getting a late goal to stun Seattle up at Lumen. The five shreds, the five stripes, I should say, shredding Sporting Kansas City at the bins. Good ah, looks like Atlanta United ready to rumble. Exciting match up in Portland with the Timbers and the Revolution 2-2. FC Cincinnati still uh, just uh, an extreme dumpster fire as they get slammed by the Verde. Oh, that's right. Mr. McConaughey and his Austin ATX. It was 5-0. Just, uh, we'll have something to say about that a little, uh, a little bit. DC United... Defeats Charlotte in its first matchup, as I call them the Tilsters, looking at those cute little uniforms that they have. 
In fact, they have, they're expecting 75,000 for their home opener against the Galaxy tomorrow, 4.30 Pacific time. Be sure to check that out. you got nothing else better to do. That should be a happening event. See, so yeah, you have Orlando City taking down Montreal. I'm sure Montreal a little bit wobbly from playing in Champions League midweek. Inter-Miami still kind of stumbling. And then Bob Bradley's debut in Toronto. They play to a 1-1 draw as well. Okay, folks, there's a lot going on in the big in the beautiful game life this week. Somehow compressed it into you know a reasonable amount of time. Okay, we'll be back with a closer look on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 31, the penultimate episode of Season 4. Three. Season 4 coming up soon. Do you have any suggestions on how to improve or enhance the format of Fox Trotting in the Foxhole? Or some ideas for how I can get have more interesting subjects on the scene? FTINFX at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Okay, let's get into our weekly segment where we take a closer look or a clinical eye at some things that happened in this past week in the week of sports. Well, the first one I want to mention is the whole Deshaun Watson situation. And my question on that one is, does that ever get resolved as I guess there were reports out of Miami this week that they truly are going to be committed to Tua and they kind of want to wash their hands of pursuing them. I know we I've talked about the situation as far as the commanders are concerned. <coughs> Given the situation with Daniel Snyder and the allegations against that organization as far as sexual misconduct goes, you've got to think... There's no way in hell that could happen. Um, other than perhaps swallowing his pride and saying, yo, Lovey, as far as Lovey Smith, staying in Houston. I mean, who can really take this on? I mean, and who's to say that this is even going to be resolved? Because, I mean, I guess you could say being on the exempt last year and missing all those games as far as what kind of punishment is concerned, that's if the man doesn't end up in the Gray Bar Hilton, which is a strong possibility. Or, I don't know, if he buys his way out of it, I mean, you know, how many games is he going to have to set out once Mr. Goodell decides a punishment needs to be tacked on in addition to the season that he just missed? So... I don't know if this gets resolved anytime in the near future. If I were a betting man, I would say he doesn't take the field in 2022 based on everything we're seeing right now. And as we know, a lot of teams do need a quarterback. 
and his skill set in any other situation would have people salivating. But given his precarious legal status and the odious nature of what put him there, it puts teams in a weird predicament in terms of being able to give up what Houston wants in return. Because Houston still says if they're going to trade him, y'all give it up the farm for somebody of his talent. I can I can see that because I, even though there's a lot of bad blood there, you would think the McNairs would somehow hope someone like Lovey could mend the fences and they can rebuild around him. But I'm sure that's something that Deshaun wants no part of. All right. Big, another big story that just happened in the last couple of days, and this kind of goes along the lines of the toxicity of social media and the really voyeuristic way it, 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 when, it come, when tragedy strikes, and especially in the sports world. And we're, we're talking the, the situation with Katie Meyer, uh, the, the really talented goalie from Stanford who um, died unexpectedly this week. I mean, at the age, I think we should be 22. Anyways, when the story broke, there was just such this really rush to find out why and how. And it's kind of like, you know, does it really matter to us the why and how other than this, you know, talented person whose memorable moment helping Stanford win the national championship, standing tall and getting the big save and the penalty shootout. Um, yeah, I was really disturbed also, you know, when it met, when the details came out and then, you know, that they were speculating as to why, kind of leaking something that their parents might have speculated. But it comes to be that TMI where some, you know, maybe three or four months down the road, it would have been more appropriate. But I just kind of felt there was a sort of, uh, even almost vultures. I mean, I think saying voyeuristic is being too nice about the situation. Uh, yeah, I just didn't, you know, I just, there was something that really rubbed me the wrong way when this story came down. And then, I was kind of hoping they were going to respect the privacy. I think we all could read between the lines that, you know, something went, you know, out of whack. And once again, always check on your people as far as, you know, when they're in need mentally, because in situations like this, you know, obviously this woman was a, was a rock star. You know, you wouldn't expect, you know, an outcome like this. And so, you know, you know, we as that's why you know, I come from the old school, but as mental health has become more of an issue in terms of the pressure that these athletes are under and sort of being more compassionate about it. You know, this is another, you know, red flag, you know, that should make us all take a step back. And definitely you know, have a little respect and privacy when these things go down. We don't have to always get the answer. And even if we do, it doesn't have to be right away. You know, right? We'll give some people time to, you know, to grieve and process. Yeah, but anyways, I, that was really rough. Okay, last thing we're going to bring up here would be the broadcast booth and the lack of outrage who gets the prize jobs. Kind of telling you last week about the whole thing with uh, Troy. Now, apparently, Troy wants to go to the mouse, ESPN, 
take his buddy Joe with him, a big amount of money, the kind of money that they were willing to offer Sean McVeigh to go to Amazon, the kind of money apparently they will be offering Al Michaels to go to the Peacock as far as Thursday night go, or maybe it's Amazon, who knows. Point being is, I really crack up, you know, once again, when people start screaming about the, the Rooney rule and how unfair it is and how Eric Bieniemy's getting job. Now, mind you, when it comes to people of color as being visible in the broadcast world, you know, you can, it's hard to argue. But then again, you if you're if, if you're being really true about it, when you look at someone like as they talked about this on on, on the on the aforementioned John Riggins show this week about Romo getting a gig. I mean, what the hell did he ever do? Right? I mean, why won two playoff games and automatically gets the number one chair at NBC and is given a boatload of money to not jump ship? Uh, I mean, at least Troy won something. But I think about all these other guys out there who are very talented, you know, speak well and, and, and have a lot they probably bring to the table. Why is there no outrage about that? Sure, it's cool to see someone like Sweet Lou Riddick in the booth on Monday night and Booger McFarlane before that. But I, but I, I find it funny that, you know, these gigs are very lucrative and... There never seems to be that kind of outrage in terms of the, of the the privileged club that get the high profile chairs as far as the bro broadcast booth is concerned. Ah, something to always contemplate, right? Okay, folks, we'll be back with the NFL report and some TMCA time to get you out of here. See you on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Strutting on a Fox Strutting in a Foxhole, doing the TGIF, winding down another week in the Foxhole. Friday evening with a big weekend of sports coming in front of you. A lot of beautiful game life, NBA and NCAA hoops action. No baseball, of course. All right, let's talk about the NFL, shall we? NFL report. What's going on in the No Fun League? Well, well, well. Let's see here. I got an interesting thing that came out that I saw today when I was putting this together. And I don't know if this is the brain trust getting together and making themselves look good as far as implementing a rule. But apparently a review of taunting flags suggests 56 of the 61 infractions were legitimate and only five where it shouldn't have been called i find that to be really interesting if that's good spin control or if it's truly where it's a smart rule and i've always been sort of on the fence as far as i go i believe you have to have a little bit of fun but there's a certain level of taking it too far 
which can lead to a lot of violence. And so, I mean, I always feel there's like a gray area that they've tried to address. I think personally, maybe, you know, have some discussions and, you know, come up with a lot. But then again, as, you know, some of the more astute folks who spoke on this last season said that throw some flags, people will get it. You know, there are some folks that really want to get some of the smack talking and some of, you know, the unnecessary trash talking at the game that leads to fights and other kinds of animosities. I know it is a violent game we're talking about here. Okay. So let's, 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 let's circle back to Kyler Murray. He says it's all good in Phoenix and not to read into all of this offseason drama that's kind of occurred. In fact, he says he wants to ink a long-term deal to remain in Phoenix. I guess so. I mean, I've always felt that you have to keep an eye on him because of the MLB card that he can play as far as getting leverage saying, yo, I'll take my game and go play baseball if you all don't want to. But at the same time, I think he wants to be a leader. He's on a team that should be able to compete in the NFC, so there is no reason for him to want out. And in fact, homie, this is on you if you can't make it happen with that squad. I mean, I got some questions with your coach, as a lot of us do. But even still, definitely a team we will be keeping a big eye on, not only in the offseason, but we get to the regular season. A lot, <laughs> lot for, for Kyler to overcome, because he does want to get paid, y'all. So another thing I thought was interesting is we go to our weekly... A Raj watch. Apparently, he wants to become the highest player in the NFL. Why? I don't get this, Aaron. Um, why can't you take the Brady model? I mean, I know you've made enough centavos that you don't necessarily need to have your ego fit like this. Like, yeah, now that Brady's gone, I need you all just to tell me how live I am. Come on, dude. That's not the way to go. And, yeah, I mean, what? You're going to bend Green Bay over a barrel or somebody else and handicap their chances? I mean, at this point in your late 30s, doing it the Brady way, who cares? I mean, it's a copycat league. You need more rings to, shall we say, buttress your legacy. So you might want to reconsider that. And, you know, when you make a stance like this, it only um, validates what that poll that came out earlier this week, I guess, based on the number of tweets and other social media factors, kind of like that award Tiger won, got him a nice eight mil. Well, this particular set of, uh, of um, metrics, they say A-Raj is easily the most hated player in the league. Imagine that, especially now, wanting to be the most... I mean, wanting to be the highest-paid player. And the other off-season drama to come, or maybe not, if you believe Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll says the Hawks will not be trading Russell Wilson during the off-season. There is no intent at all to see him play for somebody else. Sorry, Commanders fans and other folks that, that have already got the mock-ups in their jerseys. According to Pete, of course, we don't know what Russ and Sierra say about all that. Stay tuned as far as that goes. Another interesting thing happening. Our man Shefty says Dallas is going to move on from Amari Cooper. 
Okay. Question is, will the commanders who offered him a boatload of money before Jerry panicked make the same move? If, if you're the commanders, I say, hell no. But something tells me Amari's going to be available here sooner or later. Eagles say Jalen Hurts is going to be their man moving forward. While, meanwhile, Derek Carr and Lamar's contract status is still up in the air. Lamar was just saying just a second ago, I haven't had a chance to process the article, that he still feels there's a strong bias towards black quarterbacks. Well, if we don't get that deal, now you get the numbers, we'll have another discussion about that. Stay tuned as far as that one goes. Interesting thing now as far as, let's just say, if A-Rod stays in Green Bay and Russ stays in Seattle and Jimmy G stays in San Francisco, well, apparently now the number one sought-after quarterback on the free agent market is none other than Mitchell Trubisky. Imagine things going full circle there. Well, you know, he looked good in Buffalo, and you see what Josh Allen has done, and I'm sure being part of that system, it might be worth a flyer, but that's, well, that's the thing. Like, let's say if you're a team like the Commanders, for example. How much better is he than a Tyler Henneke? And that's what you really got to find out. Okay. Speaking of, Carson Wentz, future still in Indy. It's, it's still uncertain. I'm sure... Frank Reich is going back and forth as far as the best way to, to deal with that situation. Woo! <laughs> yeah, sooner or later, we're in March, folks. You're going to have to, you know, as they say, make a move or fold your cards on that one. Speaking of the Giants, they say they're open to trading Shaquan Barkley. Obviously, new regime there, looking to shake things up. And start a new direction. If they're willing to, if they can get some assets, I can see that. There's some teams that would definitely take him if you can keep him healthy. Well, notice that's always if you can keep him healthy. And they also released Kyle Rudolph and uh, Devontae Booker to get some cap relief. So they're definitely moving and shaking in Gotham. Uh, surgeries go. Jimmy G and Dak both had soldier procedures, but the word on the street is it will not postpone their starts to the 2022 season. At the Combine this week, you always have to say to work out of the Combine or not to. Well, I, I just feel that you should work out, if you ask me. I think, unless, of course, you have a suspect skill set that somebody might uncover some flaws and shoot your draft status down. If you think you've got the skill set, yes, I think you should uh, perform at the combine. But then again, you have the kicks of someone like Kenny Pickett. Always, you know, there was all this talk already that he had small hands. Well, you go to the combine and you measure, it turns out he has one of the smallest pair of mitts for a QB that they've seen. Does that is that going to affect this draft status and, and scare teams away? Could be, but then again, in this uh, quarterback scarce league, I have a feeling he's still going to go within the first 10 or 12 picks. That's just me. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, you know, I mentioned about the whole broadcast booth about Troy wanting to take Joe Buck with him, saying his, the, his partnership with Buck was taken for granted. And, you know... And yeah, it's a, it, and, you know, he would like for him to join him at ESPN. 
Can't wait to see how the numbers there. I guess ESPN and Disney are offering Troy a boatload. What's going on in Commanderland this week? Hmm. There's always something going on there. Well, apparently, RG Me, yes, the RG Me, has decided to scrap his idea of writing a tell all book about his days in Washington. Gee whiz. All I can say about that is. See, this is what I was saying about Brian Flores. You can talk all you want about racial discrimination and injustices, but some of the in-house secrets you just keep your mouth about. You keep your mouth shut for future employment. Yeah, you know this is the way big corporations work, and, and you don't have to necessarily agree with this sort of thing. But once again, there are certain things you don't reveal. You know, as far as maintaining your employment, especially in a highly competitive organization like the No Fun League. You don't have to agree with it or like it. And you can sit there and talk about maybe that's why it needs to be taken down. I'm just telling you what has to happen for you, for you to maintain employment. And Flores is really lucky that the Steelers and their commitment to social justice and having Mike Tomlin as their coach, he was able to find a landing spot because you cross those lines, as you usually, you know, you get blackballed. And I think in R.G. Me's case, he was thinking along those lines and thought better. It was easy to hop on the bandwagon, but I'm sure somebody pulled him aside and said, hey, you know what? You're, you have a good broadcast career going. Don't go down those roads. Keep keep good relations with everybody. That's my opinion. Okay, we know who's going to be in the Hall of Fame game. Are you excited? Probably not. But August 4th, Jaguars in the radars. Okay, so it's, it's what, March the 4th? Think about it. August 4th. Speaking of the Raiders, I guess Chucky has just sold his Vegas mansion for about $7.5 So what do we think his next act is going to be, now that we've had time to see the dust settle? Uh, you know, I think he's going to weasel his way first as a coordinator, even maybe at the high school level. Weasel it. We have not heard the last of Chucky. I'm telling you, folks. But... I'm going to be curious to see how he weaves his way back into the business. I think there are there are opportunities out there in spite of how toxic his emails have 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 have, have you know left the stature in tatters. All right folks, let's let, let's rack it up for some TMCA time. You know, that time of the week where we give out the stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties of people, for people in the sports world whose actions are just being themselves or them that distinction. You know, they come in complimentary, regular, and XL sizes. Okay, gotta start with minor leaguer Brett Netzer, who for not knowing when to shut the hell up, got ran from the minor leagues for going on an anti-vaxxer anti-gay, racist rant on social media. When are you idiots going to learn that you cannot get away with any of that stuff and, and man keep employment? You get an XL for just being a dumbass. Good grief. Um, I'm going to give an XL to MLB 
you know, both sides, the, the, the players and the owners, for not getting the message that people don't care about you as much as you think they do, and you all better get it together here quickly, or you're going to find yourself in a world of shit, as they say, in one of my favorite movies. Okay, I'm going to give complimentary balls to FC Cincinnati. What are we, in year three, and you're still a walking commode? Getting 5-0 and new gear, all these wonderful things, and it's still the same sight for sore eyes. Feel real sorry for your fans. Okay, we're going to have an XL for Jackson Mahomes for whining on social media about social media destroying his life. What the hell, dude? Isn't it kind of like you brought this on yourself by being a jackass? Just me. Keep an eye on that, kid. Speaking of worrying about you know, mental health is issues and, and watching some of those pictures of the guy looks like, man. Yeah, I, I'd be watching him quite a bit. All right. And over the last one, we'll get away from sports just because. Got to give an XL to the drunk jet blue pilot who was trying to fly with a blood alcohol content twice the legal limit. <laughs> yeah. Navigating down the runway of life. All right, folks, we somehow got through this. Stay safe out there as always. A lot going on here with March Madness right around the corner. Fun time of the year for most folks. We'll have some good analysis. Probably try to get another guest in here soon for some great conversations. Season four is coming up. So stay safe, stay sane, enjoy the adult beverages, and we'll see you in six or seven days.